Fuzzy Miller. Funny fella. Running amidst the trees. Who's there? I said as I stood in my head. But nobody answered me. I dead Facebook page. <laughs> we have a fringe-worthy Facebook page, which I think people should join. <laughs> That's well, true. I did join it, but you know, it just it mostly it's about us posting our podcast. Yeah. Why don't you folks who are on the Facebook page do some more? I mean, you should know about this stuff, right? <laughs> we we definitely encourage people to join the Facebook page and to post, to say stuff, get involved, whatever. I mean. You know. yeah, tell us about your character. I mean, most people are like, no, no, don't tell us about your character. No. Tell us about your character on the Facebook page, please. Like, tell us about yeah. your adventures, your characters. Just say hi. Just show up and say hi. I'm blah blah blah, and I'm you know I'm I'm friends with such and such. You know, I mean, yeah. honestly, we're at a stage right now where when people ask questions, we answer them on this podcast. You know, we're we're going to be doing some more question and answer stuff. We're definitely fan centric. If you play the game, if you're involved, if you ask questions, you will become part of the process. If you play other games and just like the ideas that we're bringing up on Friendsworthy, feel free to ask other things. Since we are totally cross-genre, if you're in a fantasy world and you have some kind of a setting you want to develop, you know, that's a Friendsworthy adventure as far as we're concerned. Me and my group, we love Friendsworthy. We have essentially been playing Friendsworthy for the last 25 years, but... We rarely play the Fringeworthy system as it is. You know, we'll incorporate it in the other games that we play because, you know, we like all kinds of games. We're like anybody else. We like to try other games and stuff. But, you know, we always incorporate Fringeworthy into it because Fringeworthy doesn't have to be a system. It's a concept. Right. So if you are playing, I don't know, if you're playing uh, Savage Worlds, and Fringeworthy is going to be for Savage Worlds. Let's say you're playing Savage Worlds right now and you want to put Fringeworthy into it. It's no problem. If you're playing Seven Seas and you want to bring Fringeworthy into it, it's not a problem. As a matter of fact, that's a good point. Let's say you're playing a system and you don't see how Fringeworthy can integrate it. Get on Facebook and ask us how to do it. Or, or you know, email us at the podcast. Ask us, you know, say, hey, I'm playing such and such. How would you put Fringeworthy into that? Every game that Richard Tohoka of TriTac, you know, who, who created Fringeworthy, put out as another game, Bureau 13, Incursion, FTL, 2448, every single one of them has Fringeworthy in it in some way or another. As, yep. Especially the supplements, the, the adventure supplements like Rogue 417 about a post-apocalyptic biological disaster or Invasion mm-hmm. U.S. where the Soviets managed to conquer the United States. They all have Fringeworthy in it. Yeah, that's actually a good adventure. Which one? The, the, the Soviet one for Fringeworthy. Oh, okay. My personal favorite is Rogue 417, oh, yeah. but that's just me and, and loving post-apocalyptic kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So, I grew up under the bomb. You know, yeah, so did I. I think and, all three of us did. 
We really thought growing up that any day the bomb would drop and we were probably toast. We were very interested in reading literature where somebody managed to survive it. What were their techniques and, and things like that? So now, of course, we, we hide it. We camouflage it and say, oh, yeah, we're just preparing for the zombie apocalypse. But in fact, is these were all the same kinds of stories that we actually developed ourselves to try to cope with the fear of imminent death at any day. Uh, an adventure like Rogue 417 was of great interest to me because mm -hmm. of that. And it has also in the back of it, you know, I mean, I might as well promote TriTech stuff. It has a, a, a very short and, and, and uh, fledgling system for mapping out re-emerging civilizations. You have a grid system where you pick a spot and you say, okay, this is a, a little village that's here. And then you figure out what's around it. And the technology that is in those outer areas affects the technology and the other resources that are in the, the area that, that they're surrounding. And then you also affect that area and you can keep gridding, gridding, gridding until you can actually do a map of a, a post-apocalyptic wasteland that actually makes some kind of sense. It's not fully developed. But it was cool to do it. I sat down and worked one out one time, and it was playable. It was something I could see. Oh, yeah, I see all kinds of adventure hooks here. And you can use that in your Fringeworthy game because a lot of worlds are basically recovering worlds. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should do it in a podcast one time where we go and do that, where we say, let's assume it's a post-apocalyptic world. Let's use the system in the back of Rogue 417 and see if we can come up with a decent map. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you guys have any ideas about podcast topics that we haven't done yet, or even ones you want further developed, feel free to let us know. Leave a comment on the uh, podcast website. That would be great. Any help that you guys can make, either going out and, and leaving messages on various boards about the game, especially if you would do a review of the game for either the RPGsite.com or RPG.net. Both of those places are highly trafficked. We really need a review of the D20 modern version of Fringeworthy. Mm -hmm. I would consider it a personal favor <laughs> and, oh, yeah. because I won't put a review out since I wrote it along with John and, and, and Otto. So I don't feel it's appropriate for me to put a review of the game that I love so much. So we really have to count on you, our faithful listeners, to do that for us. So please, someone put a review out there. Okay. As members that you know, we do the podcast as the official TriTap podcast. It's it's a little self-serving for us to do a, a review of it. it. Feels kind of disingenuous. It's also not unethical too, but you know, right? <laughs> well, of course, we're going to say wonderful things about the game, okay? Because right. we love it so much. It's not morally wrong to talk about something that you love, but at the same time, we would have to say, oh, and by the way, we are contributors to TriTac. So right. anybody who reads it, of course, is going to say, well, well of, course of course they, they said that. They say it's great. Yeah, so uh, a review that comes from somebody other than us would be hold so much more weight. And uh, <laughs> and especially, look, you know, if, you, if you're somebody who's involved in any kind of convention or, you know, you go to conventions – Make sure you contact us to get promotional stuff that you can pass around, set on tables and stuff like that. Anything we don't have, we'll generate and we'll get it to you. Right. Richard Toholka is already guaranteed that he can provide certificates for product that can be ordered off of his site. Talking free prizes, scenarios. I have the initial character sheets for Lee and the rest that are in the back of the book. 
you guys can download them and just use them as your uh, characters for doing demos. That's what I do. Every demo I've done in the last two years, I have used those characters. They're a good group. A lot of times people like to play Cosgrove. Matter of fact, the last time we played, they took nobody but the uh, Victorian characters. They just said, we want to do the vi a Victorian mission this time. And I said, okay, I hadn't planned it that way, but it makes sense. There's no reason why you couldn't have a totally Victorian team going out there. And well, it wasn't total Victorian. There was a slarg. Right. You're right. There was a slarg. Right. Yes. <laughs> and he be John. <laughs> he be John, that's for sure. But that was fun. I really enjoyed that. I had a good dinner. It was so good, I threw it up and had it again. Nice. Th thanks for sharing that, John. Even if you, for example, let's say you're going to go to a convention and you say, I'm going to go to a convention. I would like to run a campaign, but I really don't have anything that is convention friendly, you know, because it has to be a four hour adventure. You have to have action in it, but it has to wrap itself up within four hours. I'm sure that between the three of us, somebody could put together something for you to run. Any of the adventures that I've run at Gen Con, uh, you guys can can have. I mean, really, it's I'm not making I'm not expecting to make any money off of these things. Oh, yeah. So I would be perfectly happy to give you my notes. If I have time, I'll, I'll develop them into a more coherent package that you guys can just take and run because they're set up for a four-hour time block. They've got exciting encounters in them they embody what i consider to be some of the best aspects of fringeworthy the things that make people excited about the games feel free to take them knock yourself out have fun bring more people in, into the hobby especially into fringeworthy itself we're all for that one sheets these are basically one sheet adventures they're they're more like a, a jumping off place Sometimes they're a complete adventure, they're just not detailed out. It's up to you as a GM to, to fill in all the details. And when I say one sheet, they basically fill in one sheet of paper, both sides, more or less. They may include the that block for the boss NPC, if there is one. Uh, but for the most part, they are self-contained little adventures that sometimes will run in four hours if, if you pan them out right. Well, anything that's on one on both sides of a sheet of paper would probably be just about the size of a four-hour adventure. So that yep. makes perfect sense, John. Mm -hmm. Get involved. Be part of the process. You know, we're we're happy to help you with that. And we'll help compensate you as best we can. <laughs> Which does not equal money ever. <laughs> right. No. But we'll give you twice as much as we get for doing this podcast. Right, right. Which means you'll have to pay us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pay us in our in your compliments. Right. <laughs> that is that is our compensation. Uh, you know, seriously, uh, our compensation for doing the podcast is you uh, getting excited about your game, about Fringeworthy, leaving comments. Uh, posting to our boards, you know, this is how you can say thank you if you, in fact, are getting something out of this. You know, and we really hope you are. That's why we're doing this. Give us a break here. Help us out. Help yourself out. Show us the love, man. <laughs> right. And we'll try and reward you any way we can, you know. Right. Whatever way, yeah, you say, you know. It's a you know, we, we we go to conventions, we do things, you know, you got to live near one of us because we got John on the West Coast, I'm on the North East Coast, uh, Bruce is down on the Southeast Coast. I know some of you guys are coming to Dragon Con, and I live right here in Atlanta. So there's no reason why we can't do something. 
Right, and I'm I, I go to uh, Icon, which is in Long Island, New York. I go to Balticon. I'm going to be going to Dragon Con. I even travel to New Hampshire to go to a little convention up there. So if you live anywhere in New Hampshire, there's OGC. I'm going to be at Gen Con this year. I've been at Gen Con every year for like the last 10 years. So. I'm going to be this year. I'm going to be running demos there. If it's an adventure I've listed before, it's an adventure that I didn't actually get to run. Louis Hope, none of the players showed up because I said it it's on Thursday morning and that was too early for people to be showing up and playing. And there was another scenario I ran where uh, only one player showed up, and that would have been way too much for a, a new player to play. So I ran an entirely different scenario for them. If I run a scenario at Gen Con, it's going to be a scenario that's never actually been run there before. So please feel free to sign up. You know, Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> Introduce yourself to me. We, we want to meet you guys. But, but not only that, Bruce, if you're going to be at one of these conventions or you you could be at one of these conventions and you're thinking about coming and you're comfortable with the system and you, you know, you're you're an accomplished DM, you run some games and you feel confident in running something at a convention, if you want to volunteer and we're going to be there, then that works out really well because, you know, you can get support from us, we'll help you. We'll uh, funnel people your way, whatever you need. You'll yeah. get support from us. If you think, well, if I go to this convention, I can't run a fringe-worthy campaign because nobody will show up. That's not that, true. That's not true. For example, if you go to Icon, the reason why I'm going, the biggest reason why I'm going is I know the guy who runs the whole gaming portion of it. If you show up there and you want to run a campaign, I will get you players. There will be players at your table. Don't worry about that. I'll make it happen. That's I don't want to give the impression that these games aren't popular. I mean, the only problem I had last year was the fact that I didn't get it into the program guide, so everyone already had other games they were signed up for. The first year I had it in the program guide, I had eight players for every single game I ran. And it was a great time had by all. I asked them, I said, did you guys enjoy this? You know, were you guys you know, having a good time? And they're like, oh, yeah, man. We never heard of this game before. We loved it. We think it's great. But don't think that you can't do that. And don't think you're competing with me either. We had one guy who was running Bureau 13. So I showed, and gave him prizes and all kinds of stuff like that. And I told him that if he wants to do it again this year, I'll bring him more stuff. You're at a convention that I'm at, and you want to run a game, I'll be glad to give you support. I, I can do all kinds of stuff. I gave away T-shirts for Bureau 13 last year, and everybody had a great time getting them. Dragonflight this year. I'm actually thinking of running uh, another Bureau 13 game. I'm also thinking of running a uh, Hardwire Hinterland game using Savage Worlds. Okay. So that's going to be interesting. And of course, I, I may be running a Fringeworthy game. Hint, hint, Bruce. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Where are you? Uh, where's this again? Uh, a dragon. This is Dragonflight. It's, a, it's it's the big gaming convention here in Seattle. Okay, well, what's the hint hint to me? <laughs> you, you mentioned you have scenarios and stuff like that. Oh, 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 okay, sure, <laughs> sure, okay, yeah, 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 uh, uh, say, if, if, I, if I can take a break from all this editing I'm doing, I'll be glad to write up scenarios. Right, right, and I guess we could put it out there. If there's anybody out there who doesn't mind editing audio files and you want to volunteer some of your time, we will yes. not say no. <laughs> yes. And the, the operating term there is volunteer your time because right. it's, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> okay, yeah, just so everyone understands, this is our uh, incredible uh, editing suite here, okay? John records these podcasts on the Skype call recorder. 
And then he sends that to me, or Blix. We run uh, it through what's called Levelator, and uh, there's a new version of that I haven't tried out yet, which makes all the audio sound a little better. So one of us has a quiet mic and the other one has a loud mic. We get it all even, and then we bring it into, the again, the free program. These are all free programs called Audacity, and we do the editing, cutting out you know, verbal uhs and ums and things like that, making sure that it's the right length. At that point, all we have to do is add on the music and, and maybe a little station identity, and we're ready to go and put it on the website. These are all tools that almost everybody with a even an average computer would be able to use. You know, they're not high-end type programs, and they're easy to use. You can be part of the team. We have no problem about it, having people on as guests on our uh, podcast as well. If you've got a story to tell, uh, if you have some ideas about Fringeworthy that, that you think that only you can appropriately explain, well, hey, we'll, we'll have you on for a segment. That's fine with us. You know, We're here doing it because we love the game, and we want you to love it too. So we're doing our very best to, to bring the awesome. If you can bring it to us, that's all the better.